Yeah, I'd say the biggest thing would be, um, again, helping you line up with what your long-term goals are, right? So I don't, I look at myself as not just a real estate agent, right? I, I position myself as a real estate agent, a financial planner, but also a coach, right? So I'm going to help you reach your goals and get to where you want in life, not just with this one move. And, and that's what I tell people is I'm not a one and done agent. I want to be your real estate <laughs> agent for life, right? And I want to be able to help you get to where you want. I want to be that professional that you call, even if you move out of state, I still want to be the person to be able to help you along the way. And so that's kind of how I position myself um, as opposed to saying, here's the marketing plan that we can do. Here's how we can get you top dollar. That's part of it, but that's not the entire package. All right, welcome to another episode of Real Estate vs. Tech. I'm your host, Norman Kinsey. We have our co-host, Mr. Dan Gandy. Welcome, Dan. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. And today we have a very special guest with us and uh, we have Kyle. Kyle is actually a team lead with the David Green real estate team, top 2% real estate professional. He's an investor-friendly agent. Kyle, welcome to Real Estate vs. Technology. Great to be here, Norman and Dan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, of course. We're just off air, kind of getting to know each other a little bit. And it's fun because we do these shows. We don't even know half the guests. And it's so much fun to just like do it live. Let the audience hear your story. It's all about you. So let's go ahead and get into it and talk about you and talk about your business and talk about where you started, man. So how long have you been in the business and what got you into the real estate sector for business? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm actually in my fourth year of real estate. Uh, my first two years were part-time. Um, and then I've been in, I'm in my second year of full-time real estate right now. Before that, I was a speech language pathologist. My entire nice. story is, yeah. So before that, I, you know, I graduated from college, two master's degrees, a ton of student loan debt, um, a, a wife, a couple kids, a house that was too big. And, uh, we were just felt, I felt like I was a slave to that career. And I just was in that career to really pay the bills. Right. And so, um, it wasn't until about five or six years ago that my wife and I made some big changes personally in our lives to be able to set ourselves up to the position to where we are now. And so, um, this is my second full year of real estate, uh, full-time in real estate. And, um, last year I actually quit my W2 job on March 13th. 13th, Friday the 13th. Wow. And then I went into my broker's office on March 16th, ready to start full, full time. And that was actually the day that uh, the pandemic hit and all the counties shut down. And I thought, boy, did I pick the right time to get into real estate? Oh my God. That's interesting. Wow. I, was watching, I was watching some of the content from uh, David Green and he talks about that. He talks about leaving the W2, going on your own and, uh, and some of the mindset philosophies and double major, man, on the master side. Congratulations, man. That's kudos to you. I'm sure it took a lot of time. <laughs> it did. It took a lot of time and, and, and a lot of dollars spent as well. That's for sure. Yeah. Wow. That's you'll get awesome. it back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So you'll know how to navigate from the psychology side when you work with these buyers and sellers, because in this type of market, you got to be intentional behind buying or selling because there's no wishy-washy in this market. So yeah, that is exactly right. I'm sure you're dealing with this. So fantastic. So let's talk about your business, new in the business, last past 24 months, top 2%. What does that buy side, sell side transaction volume look like for your business? Absolutely. So um, last year, my first year of full-time real estate, 2020, 
Um, I did about 43 transactions, 20 million in volume. Um, and then this year, we just hit the halfway market, uh, the halfway point through the year and um, have actually surpassed what I did last year. So I'm sitting at 40 transactions right now, 21 million. So um, definitely making some great growth here. And yeah, top 2% in the kind of the greater Sacramento area. And uh, it's, it's been a blast. It's been a, it's been a grind. Wow. It's been a ton of work and a lot, of, a lot of learning opportunities, but it's been absolutely fun to, to work with uh, both the buyers and the sellers. I'm about 80% buyer, 20% seller right now. Wow. And I mean, what industry can you get into, have that type of success that fast and talk about student loans being eliminated like that? I mean, dude, that's awesome. That's great. I mean, for viewers and listeners out there, Kyle could do it. You could do it. Anyone could do it. Fantastic. So then on your side, give us some context. What do you do to separate yourself from the other agents out there that drove to ensure success to where you're at today? Yeah, that's a great question. I think one of the biggest things that we do to differentiate ourselves and that I've tried to adapt is look at myself not as just a real estate agent who's going to help you with the contract and help you with the inspections, but look at this purchase, actually listen to what, what my buyer's goals are, what my seller's goals are. Okay. And then looking at myself more as a financial advisor and a, a financial planner in a sense of, okay, if you're at property number one and you want to get to property number 10, how is number one going to help you get to number 10? And what does that look like? Um, we work with a lot of different investors or people who want to become investors. And so that's a big part of what we do is look at ways that we can be creative with their purchase and, and find ways for them to maybe generate some income with that property, either by renting out a portion of it or getting a house with an ADU or buying multifamily or just finding creative ways to generate income um, in other ways as well. Wow. That is amazing. I really like how you put the perspective out there for the individual who's looking to buy me their first home to really catapult them to think about, Hey, what does the 10th home look like? You know, what, what, it, you know, this is, this doesn't just need to be the end all be all. And I love that because then that also solidifies your business where there's going to be repeat business as well, thinking proactively 10 steps in the future. So you can see that you're going to be helping your clients, helping them with their future, help them with their investments. I mean, kudos to you. That, that's an amazing approach. I absolutely love that maximizing all opportunities. So last question I have for you before we go over to the mix out round with Mr. Dan Gandy is technology. What type of technology have you really leveraged to drive to ensure success and to bring in some additional business for your, yourself? So the biggest thing that we've done is uh, been able, we've been able to take a, a bunch of different technological tools that are out there, right? We know there's, you know, Google Sheets, Google Docs, Google Drive, right? Um, and what we focused on is taking all of those tools that are out there and turning them into um, a way that they're all kind of systematized and automated. So it makes it a lot easier for those things to function and flow. And so um, we built out a really clean system from uh, when a client comes to us, they're at the top of the funnel to help move them all the way down the funnel and then retarget them again through the top of the funnel. And so um, that, that comes from the very beginning where, hey, we just found out about Kyle. He's, he's somebody that can help investors. I'm kind of interested in investing. I'm kind of interested in this concept of house hacking and getting some income. What's next, right? And then helping move them down that funnel to where they're ready to actually pull the trigger. And then at that point, move, moving them through a transactional fun funnel. So a lot of the big tools that we use are, are things like Google Drive and Google Sheets. And then we use Zapier to help kind of connect everything together, um, which makes it a lot more seamless for our clients and for our team. Wow, that is awesome. Last thing from me before I hand it off to Dan is I took some classes to, to become an investor and have an LLC to basically do wholesaling. 
And one of the things is, is you have to build a relationship with the real estate professionals to be able to go through these same day close type scenarios. And I love the fact that you said you are a friendly investor agent because of the fact that it opens up the opportunity for someone who wants to do wholesaling, who wants to be able to get into this space with zero money down to be able to leverage that opportunity, work with you and automatically see that you're opening up your arms. Like, Hey, I'm open arms here. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm here to serve, here to work with you. And that's, that's huge because I think so many agents out there for the viewers and listeners out there don't understand the possibility of what that can turn into. If you just serve, support, and help someone who's a new investor that doesn't have any money down and help them grow, that person can turn into someone who could turn into a top investor who, who's liquid that actually has the money to invest themselves. And you never know. So I just got to say, you know, thank you for what you're doing. That's what I have to start the show. Dan's going to pick on the mix-up round, getting a little bit more on the technology you're using. Dan, take it away. Yeah, glad to have you, Kyle. I think a lot of us, uh, I consider myself an investor-friendly agent as well. It's about 80% of my business. So um, a lot of those things resonate in helping people and creating those those connections. But from a tech side, really, like, what would you say is your number one lead source for your business right now? Yeah, that's a great question. So I would say it's it's a tie between two things. It's a tie between social media, and that includes Instagram, um, websites like Bigger Pockets, and then um, Facebook are probably the the two the three biggest, right? But then. In, the other side of that is actually in-person live meetups that we do because a lot of the investor clients that we target, they want to meet each other in person. And so we obviously went about eight or 10 months without having those due to COVID, but we actually just put on our um, our most recent one. We had about 60, 75 people show up in Roseville, which is right outside of Sacramento, had a great showing. And it was a great opportunity to share with other people about house hacking, how they can build wealth through real estate. Um, and it's just a great way to interface and, and get together with um, with people who are interested in doing that. And so um, as opposed to us trying to reach out to people on you know individual one-on-one phone calls, um, those meetups have also been a huge source for us as well. Wow, that's awesome. Really cool. And are you uh, are you doing any direct mail uh, in your business as, as we speak? No, we actually haven't been able to tap into that as of yet. That's something that we've actually just started looking into like a week ago in terms of nice. um, looking into you know creating the envelopes with the handwritten robot ink type um, type of uh, technology. And so that's something that we're just starting to kind of brush the surface a little bit and see if that's something that uh, can we can work for us. It's awesome. That's really awesome. Um, CRM. What CRM are you guys using? So we use Brivity um, as our CRM. Nice. Cool. cool. And is there any like new technology that you're uh, playing around with or like to test in the real estate space? So we've been testing out a few different types of technology. So the most recent is we've been looking at creating potentially an in-house app that we can use within our team that essentially has a 24-7 concierge or butler or uh, person that you can contact. And it really to be for our current clients, um, the the people that are actively in contract on a home or about to get on, into contract on a home um, to where, you know, when you get that, that little anxiety attack in the middle of the night of, <gasps> you know, uh, what about my inspection contingency or uh, what does this mean from the report to be able to alleviate some of that anxiety and, and even potentially take some of the pressure off of our agents so that our agents aren't having to answer or those t- types of questions at you know ten thirty at night when they're trying to spend time with their family. <laughs> that is the ba- that is the balance. I mean, it, you 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 sign up for this career and it turns into twenty four seven just by default. And I think it's uh, that's one of the struggling points of every 
every real estate agent is how to create and separate that time through technology and and expectations. So that's- yeah, because you're you're trying to create that that white glove service along the way, right? And so part of that white glove service is being available just about any time that the client wants it. And so yeah, balance is definitely the word for sure. Wow. That's awesome. And I'm going to ask a off the subject question, but not off the subject, but off the mix up round question. Like how do you, one of the biggest issues that I have in being an investor friendly agent is kind of sorting through who are the time wasters and who are the real people that are closing deals. Um, we obviously know who the real people are because they're writing offers, but uh, I get inundated with investors that want me to show them properties, take pictures of properties. And then they're like, oh yeah, like, I'm just going to write an offer with somebody else. Like, how do you balance that? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I had to learn the hard way um, at the very <laughs> beginning, because if if I had somebody that told me they were an investor and I'm using air quotes here, right? I thought, oh, wow, this is somebody, this, I have, I've got a client now, right? But a lot of people call themselves investors and, and they've got no uh, investing history and they really aren't going to probably end up being an investor at, you know, down the road. You just don't know. And so a big part for me has been um, having those types of conversations early on where I qualify those leads um, and, and making sure that we qualify and ask them the right questions. And so a big part is once we have somebody that's signed up with us to be an active buyer, um, and there's somebody that we're just afraid might not pull the trigger and might kind of be a tire kicker. Um, we, we, we essentially, before we even go out to the property to take video, take pictures, that kind of thing, we're going to make sure that the house works for them in terms of price, the numbers, their analysis, everything, the location. Are they okay that it's on a slightly busy street? The condition, are they okay that it might have a little bit of rehab? Um, and then our last question is if they're okay with all of that, okay, great. If we go out to this property and we take video of it and it looks perfect and everything's okay with it and it meets all those criteria, is there anything else that would hold you back from put, writing an offer on this property? That way we can really make sure that they are in kind of a, a mindset of, yeah, this is, this is exactly what I want. But, um, and, and sometimes it works out great, sometimes not so much. But what I found is with the clients who, who, does, who it does work out, boy, the second time you work with them to buy their second house, and then the third time, it actually gets a lot easier because you've got this synergy and this rhythm when you're working together. That's, it's a, we were just talking about that the other day. And I, you know, I've got to the point now where um, if somebody's going to write offers or do any type of, you know, I always use the the excuse like, Hey, I need a proof of funds. Like uh, if we're going to start writing offers here in the next like 30 days, we're going to go look at, I need to see it. If I don't see it, like I can't entrust that you're going to be able to see it or give me the number to your lender that you're going to use and let me give them a call. And so that we can start forming a relationship and immediately I just like scrape half the pile off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I bring that up to anybody that's listening because investors can be, they're like a double-edged sword. They can be the worst mistake to work with because of the amount of time and due diligence that you have to do and analysis. But from a tech standpoint, if you can create a system and communication and, and be able to build a, a business plan with them, they'll do more transactions than anyone, any of your clients over the d- duration of their life, right? If somebody moves this two or three, four times, they'll do four, four times that. So uh, anybody out there listening, I think that's what really I was trying to resonate on. Yeah, that's, that's, a, great, that's a great point. And I think the, the biggest thing we've been trying to focus on, I've really been focusing on, especially the second half of 2021 is protecting my energy 
And that way I'm not spending 30, 40, 50% of my energy on people that may not, may or may not end up buying, but I'm, you know, spending that extra excess energy on people who are definitely going to buy or going to find business of people who will actually buy. And so that's been a big part is we've actually been, uh, me, especially probably the last month or two, I've been much more picky about who I've been working with, partly because the market's more challenging, but secondly, because there's just so many people who want to get into the space, but they, they're not quite at the point where they're ready yet. Yep. Totally. Well, uh, thank you. That was awesome. Let's turn it back over to Norm. Wow. That, yeah, that was great. I, I love some of the tech tools that you shared for any viewers and listeners out there that potentially they want to leverage those. Uh, definitely love the investor talk, which is huge and setting those expectations for anyone who's listening out there to just be clear. More, the clearer you are, the better uh, instead of not having any expectations and you're running around like a chicken with a head cut off. Um, so when it comes into positioning, Kyle, how do you feel? Because you know we've had lots of guests on the show before. When you're a newer agent, you might be a little bit more like, hey, I'm fine. I'll drive 45 minutes to an hour. I'll, I'll, I'll serve all these cities. Um, but when it comes to see a seasoned agent, they might get into a little bit more of a positioning, being an expert, which is an authority in a specific market. How do you operate your business and, and what are your thoughts with that? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think that all kind of resonates and reflects back to what we were just talking about with with energy, right? You got to know what what your top 80% is, right? And and where 20% of your efforts are going to yield 80% of those results. Because mm. if we're stretching ourselves too thin and we're saying, hey, I cover this whole geographic region of, you know, 200 miles, that that's going to be really hard to become an authority on that. So um, my answer is twofold. Number one, you got to be careful with how you're how you're leveraging your own energy. But number two, um, one thing that we focused on is learning how to leverage other people with maybe within our team or within our industry that can also help. And so a big thing that we do is we actually have um, showing agents on our team. So I've got two showing agents um, that work underneath me, and one of them is up kind of in the Sierra Nevada foothills, and then the other one's closer towards Sacramento and the East Bay. And so because of that, that allows me to actually serve a larger area as long as I'm serving my team and we're focusing on that. Um, I'm not having to expend too much energy, but allows me to service more clients too. Wow. Yeah. I love that. For the viewers and listeners, that's a great idea because I know a lot of agents out there, they're spinning their wheels, trying to go in too many different directions. You hear it all the time. They're like, oh, well, we service everyone and anything anywhere because we don't want to lose out on any opportunities. But then it's just like, you got to look at income producing activities. And what is that customer acquisition? If you spend four, six, 10, 50 hours on a customer acquisition before they close, how much is your time worth? If it's two fifty an hour, you're losing money. Like you got to think about that, you know? So I, I, I love that. that. That's awesome. I just talked about this this morning, literally, uh, an agent called me like when I was eating breakfast, like super early. And she was like talking about how she wanted to wait for the deal to appraise. And she hasn't got back to me on the repair addendum. And I was like, my buyers are going to walk. Like, if you don't agree to these things, like just FYI. And I was like, if you want to wait for them to appraise, you're going to refund them their appraisal when it doesn't appraise. You're going to give them the earnest money back and you're going to sign a mutual release and release them from the contract. And I was like, you're, you've emailed and called me like five times in the last seven days and I still don't have a repair addendum. So why don't we just cut to the chase and get, get me what I need or give me an answer so we can walk. And the lady was like, oh, wow, I didn't realize it was this urgent. I was like, <laughs> you're in real estate. So 
You're hundred percent correct, Norman. It's about time, right? You only have so much time in the day and you need to get the answers and help your clients. Yeah. Wow. That's so true. That's why I say 90% of transaction volume is done by top 10% of real estate professionals. Uh-huh. So last two questions I have for you is, is uh, do you specifically focus? I know you said you're going to get into mailers, but do you do any focusing on specific buyer farms, seller farms and going that route? Or, or what do you do with that type of stuff for geographical? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. That is also something that literally just had a meeting about. So um, nice. fortunately for me, jumping into real estate full time, um, right when COVID hit, I've been so busy trying to work in the business. I haven't really had that much time to work on the business with mm-hmm. the exception of solidifying some of the, the systems, right? And so we're finally at a point right now where I've got the leverage to be able to handle you know, 60, 70, almost 80% of the, the transactions in the business to where now I can start focusing on that. So a big thing that we are going to start doing is hosting a lot more community events, uh, hosting as many meetups as we can, and then starting to farm some of the, the other neighborhoods in the area, specifically uh, newer construction areas, right? Because wow. those are areas that A, tend to, to have a better price point and, you know, they, they tend to be a little bit easier to sell and or buy. Um, but then in addition to that, also um, tapping into those resources, because there's a good chance that a lot of the people that bought there didn't bring an agent with them. And so those mm. are uh, potentially some untapped communities for us as well. Wow. I love that. For the viewers and listeners out there, my takeaway was the difference between working on it in your business. And you'll find yourself running around the chicken with your head off, always trying to work with your clients and write deals and drive all over the place that you forget about developing standard operating procedures, KPIs, and focusing on income producing activities when you're working on your business instead of just in it. Um, and so that's huge. I know Dan wants to. Yeah, the, the, you're, you're hundred percent correct. And I see the biggest problem right now, there's two things. One agents need to save money so that when it does downturn, they have uh, the resources to con- continue their machine and their business when things are going to get slower. But the second thing is, is that especially with our, on our other side of the business with liftoff agent and marketing and just in general real estate marketing, when the market's super hot and agents are getting commission checks, like literally on a weekly level, they don't think they need to work on the business or invest in marketing, mm. just lead generation. That's it. Oh, just more leads, more leads, more leads. But the branding, the positioning, the direct mail, the, the call prospecting, the automation, all the stuff that they have the money for now, what we'll see is we'll get super busy this winter, guaranteed. As soon as the market starts to like cool off and agents are going to be like, where's all the deals? And then they'll panic and go to the marketing end of their business. And I think the smartest agents that we've interviewed lately have literally like cooled down and not taken some deals right now. And invested all this money in operations and marketing just because they know when it slows down, they're going to have a, a huge machine built. So, yeah, it's so just, true. Yeah. The, uh, taking two steps back to take five steps forward. I love that. Um, the last, last question before we open up the floor at the end of the show, so you can give anything, any advice to our viewers and listeners is a secret weapon. Is there something, if you were to sell my home and go to a formalizing presentation, what's your secret weapon? What's that thing that you'd be like, give me the confidence that you, I would pick you. That's it, Kyle. You're, you're who I'm working with. Yeah. I'd say the biggest thing would be, um, again, helping you line up with what your long-term goals are. Right. So I don't, I look at myself as 
not just a real estate agent, right? I, I position myself as a real estate agent, a financial planner, but also a coach, right? So I'm going to help you reach your goals and get to where you want in life, not just with this one move. And, and that's what I tell people is I'm not a one and done agent. I want to be your real estate <laughs> agent for life, right? And I want to be able to help you get to where you want. I want to be that professional that you call, even if you move out of state, I still want to be the person to be able to help you along the way. And so that's kind of how I position myself um, as opposed to saying, here's the marketing plan that we can do. Here's how we can get you top dollar. That's part of it, but that's not the entire package. Wow. I have one thing that I have to ask you. It ties in with that before we open the, show, uh, the floor for you. So for the agents out there that are listening, that are wanting to take that approach, what is the ratio when you take that approach? And now I'm intrigued that from, from the perspective of the seller, they're saying, wow, I never thought about it like that. And I like your approach. Like, what do you have in mind? Or from the percentage of someone that's saying like, I have no idea. I, I, didn't, I didn't even think about that. I'm just interested in selling my home. Like, what does that look like? You get, what's the ratio? That's a good question. I'd say the majority of people know what they want in life, right? They kind of have a dream. They have an idea of where they'd like to be. Um, occasionally, when I get somebody that says, I, I don't really know what I want, right? Then that's our opportunity to maybe go three levels deep and try to figure out, well, what is it that makes you tick? Is it your family? Is it your, your neighborhood? Is it your friends? Is it uh, the fact that you want to leave a legacy to your kids? Um, what is it that kind of makes them tick and motivate motivates them? That's where I'm going to be able to tap in and be able to help them, um, not only on that psychological side, but also on that coaching side, because the majority of people have something that they want to achieve in life. They may not be a high achiever, but they have something that they want to achieve in life. And that's where I try to tap in and, and be able to use real estate as that vehicle to help them get there. Wow. That's awesome. And I guess coming from a seller perspective, if they bought a home and now they want to sell it, they're probably moving up or they're relocating <laughs> or whatever. So obviously they have aspirations, but I was just kind of curious because you never know. There's some people out there that are just like totally like, I don't have no idea. Um, so we're at the show, end of the show now. So we'd love to open up the end of the show to our guest. And uh, Kyle, what would you like to leave for our viewers and listeners as we close up here today? Yeah, I would just say wherever you are in life, uh, it's never too late to, to turn around and make a change, right? I was in my early 30s um, in a career that I somewhat liked, and I thought I was going to be stuck in that for the next 20 years. I had two kids, a ton of student loan debt, and uh, just felt like I was trapped. And I, I was able to make the changes. Uh, I was able to adapt. I was able to make some sacrifices um, to go from a big you know, 2,800 square foot brand new home to a little half plex at 800 square foot with me and my wife and my two kids. And uh, we made some sacrifices to make the change, but now I'm, I'm way happier. I'm way more um, uh, just, just content than I ever was. And, and I'm actually, um, I'm getting my butt kicked a lot, right? Because I'm newer to the profession, but at the same time, I'm loving every day so much more than um, when I was kind of in that, that cush uh, office job. Wow. I, I love that, man. Kyle, thanks so much for joining us today because you're the, one of the examples in this industry that's leading by example and actually putting together the systems, putting together the process. You obviously have an astounding coach team, you know, everyone that you're associated with. So we wish you nothing but massive success from Liftoff Agent and, and you know, Real Estate First Tech and our family to yours. And, and thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a blast. Yeah, of course. Awesome. Thanks so much, Dan, for co-hosting. Appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah, great to meet you, Kyle, man. I love uh, I love our conversation. You and, as well. Thanks, Dan. And thanks to all our viewers and listeners, as it is our intention for you to take something from our episode to apply to your business, have more massive success, and we will 
see you on the next one. And made it to the end. Well, thank you so much for watching Real Estate vs. Technology. We hope you found value, especially something you can apply to your real estate business. If you could do us a favor, we would appreciate it. A thumbs up. If you subscribe, hit the notification bell. You'll be notified for new episodes coming out. And comment below. What the heck did you learn? If you want to join our Facebook group page, there's a link right here. If you want to be featured on Real Estate vs. Technology, send us a DM on our Instagram page. We'll see if we get you on the show. So, take care. Thanks for watching. And we'll see you on the next one.